Mark's Gospel, chapter 13. What we want to speak on tonight is how to escape the lake of fire. How to escape the lake of fire. So Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, beginning to read at verse 32, please. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, know not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taken a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. That's the Lord Jesus speaking. Will you then go to the book of Revelation, please? The last book of your Bible, the New Testament. Revelation chapter 20. And for time's sake, we'll just start reading at verse 5, Revelation 20 and verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Notice this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. We'll explain a little more in a moment. Let your eye just run down the chapter and verse 12. Let's go to verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of, those thing, out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell, the word hell there is the region of the dead or the grave. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Notice that, into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Notice verse 6, we're told uh, there's a second death hath no power on certain people. And then we're told in verse 14, there are those who were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. How to escape the lake of fire. Father, will you take your word? Will you wing your word home to every heart? And Father, will you convict the souls of men and women. Will you convince them, Lord, of the salvation that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ? We pray, Father, this night be over and this evening finished. Lord, be none will we leave this place saying that they haven't heard of the salvation of the Lord and their need of Christ. Lord, may they even leave here born of the Spirit and washed in the blood. We ask it, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You find that there's a word 
And it's a little word that we use, par, P-O-W-E-R. And in the Greek text of the New Testament, it's, it, it, there's two main words for power. For example, uh, we have in Matthew 6 and 13, when the Lord Jesus is teaching the disciples to pray. And he says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The word power there is the word dunamis. Dunamis is where you and I get our English word dynamite. And what the Lord Jesus is saying, it gives the idea of an an inherent power. An inherent, something that resides in someone or something. Dunamis, dynamite, let me give you an example. A stick of dynamite, if I came here and set a stick of dynamite here and the fuse is on the top, you're pretty safe. But once I light that fuse, you'll all clear out through those doors, won't you, pretty quickly. The power is inherent in it. But when the dynamite is put to the use that it's been made for, then that inherent power is released. It's an explosive, mighty, working strength, a virtue or a power. So it it gives the idea of a miracle working, this little stick of dynamite. Just for example, when it's the fuse is lit and it touches the powder, bang, it goes off, it will wipe this place out. That little thing can do so much as it were a miracle working power. And so when the Lord Jesus says, for thine is the kingdom, praying to to our heavenly father, thine is the kingdom and the power, the inherent power is in the father. The inherent power is in God. And the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is saying, Father, thine is the power. The inherent power is in you. And that power, when released, is like dynamite to the hearts, the minds, and the souls of men and women. Miracles happen. Miracles happen with this word of power. And notice, for another example... We could go to Luke chapter 8, if you'd like to flick. We'll just briefly read a verse, just to pick it out for you. Luke chapter 8, please, and verse 46. Notice what it says here. We should all know these verses pretty well. It says in verse 46, And Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. This is the woman who had the issue of blood 12 years and had spent all her money with the the doctors and they could do no good for her. In fact, they'd done the poor woman more harm than good. Christ is coming to town and the woman, as it were, pushed through on hand and foot and on knee to grab the hem of his garment. And she was healed at that moment. And the idea here is Jesus stopped and all the crowd is pressing him and he says, someone... Touch me, for virtue, the word virtue, is dunamis. The word virtue means power, the dynamic, dynamite, explosive, mighty, working, miracle power that is reserved in God and inherent in Christ. Uh, He says, it's left me, it touched the woman, and she was made whole. That's the power of Christ. That's the dunamis. The power of God. For example, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul tells us, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Isn't that what he says? For it is 
the power of God on the salvation. So this word, when spoken and released in the Spirit, it is a healing power. It's an explosive power. It's a saving power. It saves the souls of men and women. They hear the word. They're made alive unto God. And they cry for mercy. And they're born of the Spirit. And they're washed in the blood. Forgiven off their sins. The idea here is, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the dynamite of God unto salvation. Every one of us were dead in our trespasses and sins. Every one of us didn't want to know God. I didn't want to know God when I was sitting in the pub. I'll tell you that. I didn't want to know God when I was sitting on a paramilitary shabin. I didn't want to know God when I was out of my head on drugs. What, God, you must be joking. In fact, the night I got saved, that morning I'd came from a whole weekend of drugs. And someone said, do you hear such and such became, they called it good living. Did you hear they became good living? And I went, aye, all that old stuff that says, Ken, would you ever think of becoming good living? And I cursed them up and down. And that night, the power of God hit me and I gave my life to Christ. Amen. He rescued me from the pit. It's the power. The dynamite of the word of God to the dead hearts of men and women. What a savior. Notice, here's another for you. 1 Peter 5, please. 1 Peter 5. We just want to run through some of these little words for you. And we'll go take you somewhere else after that. 1 Peter chapter 5. And just let your eye run down to verse 5. Pardon me. First Peter chapter 1 verse 5. I'm, I'm reading it wrong. Pardon me. Notice, notice what Peter writes. He says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. Peter says that those who are in Christ... Not only is it a healing power invested in him, not only is there saving power invested in him, but if you give your life to Christ, and when you and I have given our lives wholeheartedly on to Christ, listen, he keeps you by his mighty working dynamite power. <laughs> oh, we fall and we fail, but nevertheless, he never lets us go. So we have here, the power belongs to God. Now, Whenever we go to our reading in Mark's Gospel, chapter 13, and when we let our eyes please run down to verse 34, the Lord Jesus says, For the Son of Man, he's speaking of himself, is as a man taking a far journey. So Jesus died and he was buried and he rose again the third day. He ascended into heaven. He's telling us in a parable what was going to happen. So he takes himself, he says he's going into a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. See the word there. Notice, who left his house and gave authority to his servants. It's the word that we can use for power, but it's not the word dunamis. It's not the dynamic, dynamite power of God. That's not what we have. The word here is the word hexousia. And the exousia means the right, the privilege. Yes, it means power in our English. It means the strength, the ability, and the license, the authority. 
Do you know what Jesus done when he went, he rose in high? He sent forth the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost came and he baptized 120 in the upper room and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, and they went forth in the authority of Christ and the dynamite power of the Word of God. Hallelujah. And they says, on the authority and the license of Jesus Christ, uh, they say, here is the spoken word of power to save and to keep and to heal and to restore. This is the gospel, brothers and sisters, that we have been uh, uh, left with and given to tell men and women of. Notice, this word exousia, it is used 103 times in your Bible. That is if you're reading the King James, the proper Bible. Amen. You're right, Rock. Amen. Glory to God. It is used for power. The word, our English word power, 69 times. Authority, 29 times. The right, two times. Liberty, one time. Jurisdiction, one time. And strength, one time. Exousia means all of those English words. For example, when Jesus says that the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants. He is saying to you tonight, I have given you a task and a job to do, Christian. I have given you a task to go and seek the lost sheep. I have given you a task to go forth in my name, preaching the word with power and praying for the sick that they might recover. He said, the authority is from me. The dynamite is in my word and my spirit will carry it forth with signs following. Hallelujah. I believe it. I believe it. Why do you believe it, Ken? Because I've received it. Hallelujah. We've received it. Uh, notice here, if you will, I want to take you through this little word, exousia, or for power or authority. For example, in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, when Christ is ascending, he says of himself, he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. That inherent power of his Father is in him. That inherent power of God is in that man. He's not just a man, and he's not just a prophet, and he's not even just a soothsayer, nor is he a guru of some religion. He is the Son of God with power. Hallelujah. Oh, he is the Almighty God in flesh. He says, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. And the idea is, exousia, the Father has invested all in his Son. In Acts chapter 26, if you want to turn to it. Acts chapter 26. And let your eye run down, please, just for uh, time's sake. The Apostle Paul is, if you want, giving his testimony of how the Lord Jesus reached him and saved him. Acts chapter 26. And let's read. From verse 13, And at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. In other words, he says, Who art thou? The word Lord is curios. 
Kurios means master or sir, but it's the word in the Greek that was used for Yahweh, for Jehovah God. Here he is. He's a Jew by religion. He's from the tribe of Benjamin, an Israelite indeed. He's off the, the sect of the Pharisees, sat under Gamaliel the teacher. He knows who he's calling on. And he says, who are you? Kurios, Yahweh. That's what he's saying. Who are you? Listen to the reply. Glory to God. Who art thou, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. Whom thou persecutest, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of the things which thou hast seen and of those things which will... Which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, or unto the nations, it means. Notice verse 18. What is his job? What is his calling? To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan. Notice, men and women are under the power of Satan who are not in, the, in Christ. To turn them from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Here is his position. The Lord says you're going to turn them from the power of Satan or from darkness and the power of Satan unto me. The word here, power, is exousia. Satan has a right. This sounds hard, but listen. Satan has a license. Satan has authority. Satan has a claim on the souls of men and women. And all of us were under his authority. But God sent forth his word with power that you and I who were in darkness under the power of Satan, under the authority of Satan, with the license of Satan upon us, claiming you as his own. And the word comes and speaks to men and women. They realize they're bound by Satan and they're still captive in their sin and there's no hope of salvation no matter who they are or what they try to do. And when that word, that dunamis, dynamite, inherent word is spoken in the spirit, it wakens the heart of the dead and they rise to behold the Lamb of God that bore away their sin and they see the blood of Christ and he takes them from darkness and he brings them into light and he takes them from the authority of Satan and he brings them under the power of his son who's your master tonight oh who's your master tonight mine is the Lord Jesus Christ the glorious son of God he loved me and he gave himself for me Uh, notice this in verse 12 Pardon me. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. I'm in the wrong place. Colossians chapter 1. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. 
Paul writes, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Not in darkness, do you hear that? You see, we were in darkness, but now the saints are brought into light. And then he writes, who hath delivered us from the, what is it? The power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom, that is in Christ, his dear son, in whom we have redemption. Why? How? Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. How are you forgiven of your sins? Through the blood of Christ and Christ alone. The inheritance of the saints in light is really a region of light that men and women cannot move themselves into, but God moves them himself. All are in darkness, and only in Christ can you be brought into light. Verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power, the exousia, the authority, the license, the right. It gives the idea of the privilege of darkness to hold us. The power of Satan was, the privilege was Satan's to hold you. And you had no chance. And outside of Christ, you have no chance. Notice the exousia gives the idea of a tyrannical, lawless, unrestrained darkness having the right, the power, the privilege, the authority, the strength and the ability It speaks of a tyrannical rule of Satan and his demons over the unsaved. Did you hear that? It speaks of a tyrannical rule of Satan and his demons over the unsaved. The nicest, the nicest, the most generous, the most charitable working person outside of Christ and the unsaved who are not come under the blood are still under the authority of the God of this world who is Satan. Well, thank the Lord he sent forth his son to deliver us from the power and the authority and the privilege that he had, the license of Satan that we might become the sons and daughters of the living God. Notice this. Verse 13, who hath translated us. Would you say translated? Translated. Have you been translated? I've been translated from darkness to light. Amen. I've been translated at the cross. I was in darkness. I came to the cross in repentance. He washed me in his blood and he brought me in the light and he's clothed me in his righteousness. The word translated here is the word methestime. And it gives the idea to take one from one place to another. Let me give you an example. I'm going to use your chair here, Tracy. Here's you. Here you are. Move over there. Move. Will yourself. Do yourself. Move over there. It's still sitting there, isn't it? It's impossible. Here's what God did. Son, I will carry you. And he praises, you're in my son. He translated us. That's the idea of it. In darkness, we couldn't save ourselves nor help ourselves. And he took us and he lifted us and he carries us into his son. Born again. There's really been a change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. Hallelujah. Who knows that song? How many know it? Let me see. Born again. There's really been a change in me. 
Born again, just like Jesus said. Born again, and all because of Calvary. And I'm so glad that I've been born again. Are you glad tonight? Church, are you glad tonight? Saint, are you glad tonight? You're born again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me get more reverent. I'm out here and get my breath. He has translated me in my death, enslaved in the darkness, bound by Satan without hope. And he has taken us and he has translated us, methestomy, and placed us in the kingdom of his dear son. In the kingdom of his dear son. The father loves his son. <laughs> he loves him. And guess what? Being you're in him, he loves you too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't it marvelous? And he loves you the way he loves him when you're in Christ. He has translated us, taken us into the kingdom of his dear son. I love what Vincent says in the Greek. Listen to what he says. He calls him his dear son, or it is the son of his love. Here's what Vincent says. The son who is the object of his love. Jesus is the object of the Father's love. Think of the great heart of God. For as eternal as he is in his Godhead and power. As eternal as he is in the glory. As eternal as he is, so eternal is his love. And it all comes and it fixes upon the lovely son of God. Fixes on him. And he gave him up for you. In darkness. Sinners. And he saved me. What a saviour. What a Christ. Who is the object of his love. To whom therefore he says the kingdom is given. Verse 14 says, In whom in Christ, in the Son of his love, the object of the Father's love, in whom we have redemption. How? Through his blood. See, this morning we were on the blood. The blood, the blood. I'll tell you, I'm a bloody preacher. I love preaching about the blood. It's all about the blood of Christ. I'm a bloody preacher and I'm unashamed of it. They say it's a slaughterhouse religion. No, it's not. He came to shed his blood. He came and done it willfully. He done it purposefully. He shed his blood for me and for you. By his blood. Through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. Yes, he's the Lamb of God. Typified in Exodus chapter 12, you know, the Lord says, I'm coming through Egypt this night in judgment. And when I'm coming through, he says, when I see the blood, take the lamb, slay and put the blood in the door, post the door lintels, Israel. And when I see the blood, he says, I'm coming through in judgment. But when I see the blood, I will pass over you. He typified in Christ is the lamb of God who shed his precious blood. Listen, see in the day, whenever you stand before God, 
See, in the day when you stop, he's not going to ask you, were you Protestant or were you Catholic or were you this denomination or that denomination? He's not going to ask you, were you a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon or, or, or a Jew or whatever else. No, he's going to look for the blood of his son. Amen. He's looking for the blood. And he'll say, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. What a Christ. What a Savior he is. Yeah. And Leviticus 16, go home and you read it, and there's two goats. They take one goat and they kill one goat. Whatever lot, the Lord's, the goat of the Lord's lot, you can call it. And whenever the, the goat of the Lord's lot is slain, and it's the blood is taken and it is an offering for sin too. And there's another goat, and that strong man of the village grabs it and he carries the goat, takes it outside the city walls and up outside of the tabernacle at the time or the city where it was and right up the hill and he sets it free. It's free. It's free indeed. And you see here the goat of the Lord's lot, the lot that it fell on, the goat that died. That goat was the goat who shed its blood. And you see Christ is the goat of the Lord's lot. Christ is the one who shed his blood. You see, it was innocent, but he took your sin and he took my sin. The Lord's lot fell upon him when it should have fell upon us. We are that other goat and we take it. It's called the scapegoat and we went off free. Free indeed under the blood. Oh, another died in our place. Another died in our room instead. Another died where we should have died and he was Christ Jesus the Lord. Notice, the Lord Jesus Christ is our lamb and our substitute. And Luke chapter 22, verses 52 and 53, it says, Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders, which were come to him, are ye come out against, as against a thief without swords and staves? Verse 53 when I was daily with you, notice in the temple, you stretch forth no hands against me. But this is your hour. This is the Jewish leaders, the old priests and Pharisees. Uh, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them were old Edomites. And they weren't right. They weren't even of the seed line of, of, of Jacob Israel. And he says, you're off your father, the devil. And this is what he says, but this is your hour. Listen, and the power of darkness. He gave himself up. To the power of darkness that he might set you and me free. Amen. Isn't that powerful? He says, This is the hour my Father hath ordained in glory. From before the world was, you see, the cross isn't an afterthought. Before there was a sinner on the earth and Adam, there was a Savior in heaven and Christ. Isn't that my day? He came to redeem the lost souls of men. And women, yes, the exousia, this is the authoritative power, he says. Now listen, brothers and sisters, John says this in John 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, the Lord Jesus Christ, to them, to those who have received Christ, to them, give he the power to become the sons of God. The word power is not dunamis, but exousia. To them who received him, they, to them he gave the right, the privilege, the authority to say, I'm a son of God. I'm a child of the King. I'm bought with the blood of Jesus. Are you a child of God tonight? Are you, will you shout hallelujah, praise the Lord. Glory to his name tonight. Jesus deserves the glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, 
I was going to start singing it, but I better not. You think it's bad for you hearing me singing in here. You want to hear it when it's online. I apologize to those that are watching live. And I apologize to those who watch later. Because it's really bad. But as many as received him, the Lord Jesus Christ, to them. Give he the power, the exousia, to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe in his name. This wonderful Savior says, you believe in me and all that I have accomplished and done for you. And you receive it by faith, you will be saved. You can call yourself a son of God, a child of the King, a daughter of God. When we're washed in the blood, when we're believing in the finished atoning work of Christ. He says you're a child of God. Isn't it mighty, isn't it? I feel my spirit rejoicing. I'm rejoicing in the heart. You know why? I think of who I was. I think the wretch I was. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. The saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see glory to God. In Revelation chapter 12, if you'd like to turn with me. In Revelation chapter 12, please. And this is what it says in verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Notice, he's going up to heaven. All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. All exousia, all authority is mine. The inherent power within me is the dynamite, the dynamis dynamite power of the Father. That I have the inherency, that I am eternal within. Yet when you look at me, God as a man hath given me the very exousia authority to bestow upon my people. You see, Christ doesn't save you and leave you alone. And he didn't save us and say, try your best. He sent forth his spirit. And it's in our hearts crying, Abba, Father, in power and glory. I'm preaching like a Pentecostal tonight. Well, an old time Pentecostal. I'll I'll rephrase it. Notice the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Notice, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Who's that? The devil. (laughs) Satan, the accuser of our brethren, he's lost the battle. In fact, he's lost the war. His head was crushed on Calvary's tree when Jesus cried, It is finished! Hallelujah! And he had paid our debt in full. Oh, glory to the name of Jesus. The devil is a defeated foe. We sang it this morning. Don't tempt me to sing it again tonight. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Hallelujah. He's under my feet. Hallelujah. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Hallelujah. Through the power of Christ and the glory of our God. The accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Verse 11. And they overcame him. Who? They overcame Satan 
How do you overcome Satan tonight, brother, sister? How do you overcome his attacks? How do you overcome the wiles of the devil? How do you overcome that thing when he, he tries so much to tear you down? It's simple. I overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. We'll serve Christ forever. We'll serve him forever. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. They love not their lives unto the death. Church, it's time to forget yourself. Church, it's time to die in the flesh and live unto Christ. It's time, church, to rise up in the name of Jesus. Will you turn with me to Revelation chapter 20? Revelation chapter 20, please. Verse 5 says these words. Let me get another drink. Amen. This is like a workout, you know that? <clears throat> it was like a workout this morning too. Right. Sunday morning and I went home and I went, left here and went straight to the shower as soon as I got into the house. I went up the stairs, it says, also I was wringing with sweat. And I had to go home and get back into the shower as soon as I got home. They get showered. And guess where I'm going when I get home? <laughs> shower number three today. See, when I was younger growing up, you got a bath once a month, whether you needed it or not. In fact, we didn't even have a bath. We had to walk down to the swimming pool. And that's the truth. A towel under our arm with a bar of soap in it. A quarter of a mile up the road, away from a bath. How did I get onto that, eh? Oh, glory to God. See, we're real brothers and sisters, you know? We're real. You know, we're natural, but he's supernatural. You notice this in Revelation chapter 20, please, verse 5. And the rest of the dead live not again until a thousand years. See, Jesus comes and he quickens the dead in Christ. The graves will open. There's nothing sacred about this. He's coming with great power and glory, saith the Scriptures. And he's coming and he will, he will change our bodies to be fashioned like unto his own glorious body. And then he will, he'll come and we'll rule and reign with him for a thousand years. That's the first resurrection. The resurrection of those who have died in Christ. And it is a translation. It is the changing of those who are alive at his coming. And we're going to rule and reign with him. That's the first resurrection. Oh, will you be in it? Will you be in it, brother? Sister, is there somebody in the house tonight who says, I'm going to be there when the saints come marching home? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hi. This is the first resurrection. You make sure, listen, friend, if anything, you make sure you're in the first resurrection. Do you hear me? Only the saved are in the first resurrection. Only those who have the, the authority, the exousia, uh, the, the, the power to become sons and daughters of God will be in the first resurrection. Only those who have been under the blood of Christ. Because here's what happens. A thousand years expire at the root of Christ. Blessed and holy, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death. Will you say second death? The second death hath no power. Notice this. But they, that is those who 
who are Christ, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Christ comes and binds the old serpent. And we're changed and we're ruling and reigning with Christ a thousand years on the earth. And a thousand years he, he looses Satan again. Believe it or not, he's on the throne. Do you know why? Because there are those who'll pay homage to Christ and they were never his. And they'll war and show their heart before Christ. And this is what happens, you ready? Let's just run down here and read the rest of it when you go home. Notice verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for the men and women trying to get away from the judgment seat of Christ. Trying to hide from it. And it's impossible. There was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open and another book was open. Which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to the works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell or the grave, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Notice this. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Solemn, isn't it? Can you imagine the horror of it? After the first resurrection... It says the second death hath no power on those who are in Christ. It has no power. What is the second death? The eternal death of the lake of fire. God will resurrect the dead outside of Christ after a thousand years. And he will fit them with a body that's able to withstand eternal torment. Do you know gentle Jesus making mind? God loves everybody. They're telling you lies. He will judge those who reject his son. His son. The son of his love. But you and I who are in Christ and washed in the blood, the second death, the lake of fire, hath no power. It means it has no right to claim you, brother. It has no right to claim you, sister. It has no authority over you. You will not be at the great white throne judgment. You will not be standing there because you will already be fully redeemed. Our bodies will be changed. We will be ruling and reigning with Christ forever and ever. You and I are the saved and the blood washed, the born again, bought with the precious blood of Christ. And when the lake of fire and brimstone is ready for the consuming of the souls and the, those, uh, those bodies that have been resurrected and changed, fit for eternal damnation. It's all right because they rejected your son. Satan and the beast and the false prophet are there. But it has no right in me. It cannot claim me. It has no privilege in me. 
It's no license to call me. Why? Because I'm under new management. I belong to Jesus. And so do you when you're in Christ. Brothers and sisters, aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad you're washed in the blood? How do you escape the lake of fire? If you're not saved tonight, how are you going to escape the lake of fire? I'll be the best I can. I'll try the hardest. It's never going to work. Remember the chair? Move over. Move over. It's still there. can't do it itself. It takes God to come and he came in his son. He died for you and now his spirit brings you to Calvary. And tonight you hear that you're a sinner and you're in need of a savior. And tonight you see Christ as the only way, means and payment of your salvation for the debt of your sin. And he carries you, he says, will you accept my son? And you with sovereign grace, you behold the Lamb of God and you say, it's Christ for me. It's Christ for me. It's Christ for me. And he translates you into the kingdom of the son of his love. And there you'll never be plucked out of his hand because that dynamite power that is residing in the Father, that inherent power, it saves and it keeps, it heals and it restores and he gives us the authority to go forward in his name proclaiming the riches in Christ. Hallelujah. From the book, from the blood and the book. Team, will you come up because I'm busting at the seams.